morning. This is uh, my, my Disney addiction, uh, Jarvis. Uh, I am uh, Iron Man. We are talking about my movie because I'm the best superhero ever, clearly. The most popular. Everything. I'm rich. Filthy rich. Who are you? Um, I'm Robert Downey Jr., man. Nowhere near close. Uh, Jarvis, right? I, said, I, I sound like him. Sort of. Welcome to My Disney Addiction Audio Video. It's pretty much like we're right in your living room, people. Yes, it's like we're, we can see you. You can see us. We're one big Disney family. I'm your Disney detective, Greg. And I'm your uh, number one ghost host. I am Chris. For a second, I thought you forgot your little uh, moniker. No. You're like, I'm a... No, I knew. It's just <laughs> your, your reaction to things is... Jeez. Uh, Cheers. Cheers, my good fellows. Hey, everybody. So, we're super excited. This is our first ever YouTube episode. Greg, stop. Coming at you. <laughs> we're hot to trot, folks. We are ready to go. We have our Disney Addiction t-shirts. What's up? No, up and down. No, we're not. Come on, come on. Nope, not Sink, doing it. Oh, with me, bro. Nope, done. Okay. So, as many of you guys heard, we are moving to... Um, do both audio and video um so we're going to be starting our youtube channel we're pretty excited about that oh, we are just jazzed beyond belief jazzed we're jazzed folks so one of the things that we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff we're you know doing our regular um videos and audio audio podcasts but we're also going to be starting um kind of like a cooking food uh section on the channel so there's gonna be a separate like um line of things that people do on certain yeah. youtube channels the specific name is to be determined but it's gonna be really fun we're gonna be talking about and trying to recreate some classic nostalgic disney park foods it's gonna be pretty epic we're pretty excited to see what kind of things we're gonna try how it's gonna turn out not exactly sure what's gonna happen with it but it's gonna be good it's, it's, yeah it's gonna be a good time guaranteed so we're actually also going to be starting a giveaways now here on our YouTube channel. So we're excited about that. We are going to be linking um, a picture of exactly what we are going to be giving away for the month of March. Now, since it's March, don't what do people normally think of for March? Basketball. March Madness. March Madness. Kobe. Swish. No, too soon. Yeah. But we are not going to be. <clears throat> we're not actually going to be doing um, a basketball discussion at all, mainly because me and Greg are not good at that discussion. No, nor at the game <coughs> itself. So no, that's not happening. We are actually going to be kind of switching up the wordplay a little bit. Yes. What are we going to be talking about, Greg? What What is our wordplay? Marvel. Movie March Madness. What's up? So we're going to be starting a whole series this year that's going to be kind of an overarching theme for the series. It's going to be about um, Marvel, going through all the original movies here, up, up to Endgame. So, I mean, we're going to end with Endgame. Yeah. And any movies that are coming after that, that's not going to be included in any of this stuff. But we will be talking about them later on, of course. So, we're, now the way we're setting it up, though, is we're not going to be doing a long <laughs> movie after movie after movie after movie. No. We're actually going to be doing, like, 
phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. Split up throughout the year. Yep. So we're going to do phase one, go to a different series. Phase two, go to a different series. Phase three, go to a different series. So that way you don't get marveled out. Um, obviously, there's so much to talk about with Disney. We we haven't really touched upon the Star Wars movies. We haven't no. touched upon the resorts. We haven't no. touched upon the restaurants. We haven't touched upon DVC, Disney Cruise Line. There's uh, still so much to do, and we're so excited. But it's also a daunting task. It's like, how can we boil it down? What do we talk about, and in what order? It's, it's one of those things where it's like you start to get overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that's coming out. Yeah. And you can't keep up with it. But so. it is a good problem to have. But... For today, at least, we're talking about me, Iron Man, the best uh, superhero ever. Right, Jarvis? No. Because yeah. I'm back in black. You are not. Well, we are in We are in black. We are back. We are not in black. <coughs> we are not Iron Man. Sorry, I broke, I broke character here. Okay, I gotta... Pepper, Pepper, uh, can you please give me my uh, drink of choice, please? Okay, take the sunglasses off. Okay. I look styling in No, we shades. gotta be ourselves here, Greg. Be ourselves. Take take the sunglasses off. Fine. I am a killer of fun, people. You will see this. Mm. <clears throat> it's okay though. This is how we keep the podcast moving. That's okay. That's okay. I mean we bring that different level like you're excited, animated. I am just not. Just not. Just and so opposite. there's that. Um so if you guys, when you watch the YouTube channel, you're going to very much see exciting, fun, happy me. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. So we're going to start with the first movie that um, started this whole franchise and this whole 10 year arc series, which is I just mean, epic. Thinking about that, like just think about that concept that this series essentially was like... It's, it's crazy, like, depending on how old you are, like, right now, this is almost a third of my life, this right. movie arc. Right. It's and not quite a full third, but it's yeah. almost a third of I my know. life. It's Yeah, it's, it's more than a third for me. So I it's mean, it's weird to think that, like, people who were kids are now adults with this. Yeah. Because I was just beginning high school when this came out. I remember seeing it in theaters. It was the ultra screen, and it was awesome. Blew my socks off. Yeah, it was one of those things me that um, I saw when I was uh, in college. I was actually, this movie came out May 2nd of 2008. And so that would have put me at getting to the end of my second semester of my first year of college. Frosh. Yeah, so I was a freshy fresh, as they say. I was not a fresh prince, but I was no. pretty fresh. No, no, no. I mean, I do get mistaken for Will Smith quite often. Oh, oh yeah, I can t definitely see that. Yeah, it's pretty. Definitely see that. So we're gonna start obviously with Iron Man, the movie that launched an entire franchise. Get the sunglasses off your face. You are not Robert Downey Jr. If you were, we would have a lot better of equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is the harsh truth. That is the harsh truth. So. So kind of let's start off <clears throat> yes. with a little bit here. So the movie, like I said, came out in the U.S. May 2nd, 19... Uh, not 19. <laughs> Whoa, okay. 2008. 1908, yes. 1908, yes. Um, came out in 2008. Yes. It was very interesting because John Favreau, who was the director, and Kevin Feige, 
who were who was who is in charge and at the time was in charge of Marvel, they were going to come up with this idea of let's do a, a superhero movie because they essentially there was a lot of weird things with Iron Man where the rights got sold, came back, got oh. sold, and now then it came back. And so when they decided to create a movie, that was kind of in the face of like Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. You had the X, X-Men movies. Not so much love that. So you have like these other movies that were kind of playing and they were like, well, why don't we try throwing our hats into the rings? Because now they kind of acquired some of these other people back. The risk for them, though, was we're not talking about, you know, Wolverine. We're not talking about Spider-Man. You know, we're not talking about Batman or Superman. You know, some of the big, big, big name hitters that everybody knew. Even if you were not a, a comic book fan, you heard of Wolverine. You've heard of Batman. Yes. Like, I can honestly say that when they came up with this movie, it was a risk for them because um, it was all funded by Marvel. It was a Marvel-funded movie. Right. There was no Disney yet. No, Disney point. did not acquire them yet. So it was one of those things where this was a risk for them to try this out because before Sony had done um, Spider-Man and Fox had done X-Men. Yep. So you had movie studios making uh, comic book movies. Now you have a comic book um, company. company making a movie, Indeed. stepping into that franchise. Yeah. Um, so it was very interesting when they did that to try to think, okay, how can we take some characters and plop them into a well-known, um, maybe not a well-known um, culture, because, you know, I would say in 2008, still, the nerddom culture being a mainstream was not there yet. No, it was it was still under the surface, but it was bubbling. It was about to erupt. And I think Iron Man helped just, you know, yep. create that this whole sense now. You have, you know, Comic-Cons. People are going crazy. There's cosplay. And I think the reason why Iron Man was such an outstanding success was, to your point, it was a, it was a comic book company. It was Marvel going straight to the... To, to the full screen, you know, the silver screen, you know, so they are true to the character and they couldn't have casted better for this movie, honestly. Like, you have Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, the king of the comebacks now, based on just his career from when he started to when he did Iron Man. You had Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. Yep. Looking fine as ever, I must say. Uh, you have Jeff Bridges, the dude, mm -hmm. the dude. I can't really do Jeff no. Bridges. I'm really bad at impressions. Some of them, some of them. As Obadiah Stane. Um, and then you have, of course, Clark Gregg as the incomparable Agent... Coulson. Coulson. Agent Coulson. Agent Coulson. Of S.H.I.E.L.D. Of S.H.I.E.L.D., yes. And then you get Rhodey. Good old Rhodey, but not as John Cheadle. No, yeah. Terrence Howard. He kind of got snubbed there. I know there was a lot of, I know. There was a lot of hurt, a lot of backlash there. A lot of back-end issues with, with that whole cast. But it was fine. He ended up doing, like, what no. was it, Emperors or whatever? Empires? Empire. Empires. Empires. Yep, that Fox that, series yeah, yeah. that so, is just about to end in 2020. Yeah, so, so he did fine with that. So he's, he's good. Fine. Completely fine. So one of the things is, like, when um, they were doing this whole um, movie setup, if you want to know a little bit of fun history, if you have Disney Plus, go on to, um, I'm trying to think of the name again. It's, um, I think it's Assemble the Universe. So in Disney Plus, they kind of have a, bit, a couple big categories up at the top. One of them is Marvel. If you go to Marvel, then you look for the one that's like a special feature that says um, Assemble the Universe. And it talks about like, when they started assembling this universe, who did they originally, you know, collect? You know, you Oh, cool. 
And one of them was obviously Iron Man. So, I mean, there was a lot of stuff on there about like, okay, well, what kind of suit do they want? Because then they were thinking, okay, when we create the suit, all this stuff, we'll get into that when we talk about sure. the suits and stuff. But I mean, it's very, very interesting. And so the talks about it, they actually went to Comic-Con back in 2000, I think it was in seven. Oh, they did their research. And they okay. actually announced that they were doing something like this and people were kind of like, okay, okay. And so when they cast Robert Downey Jr., I mean, obviously it was a great payoff. I mean, I think Robert Downey Jr., he nailed it. Like he, he, he is, is Tony Stark. He is Tony Stark, let's be honest. And he was great, but it was a risk for him, not for him, but for the company know, itself. The company, because at that point, I mean, he had just gotten, not just, but he was getting, you know, out of addiction, getting, you know, back out of prison, like he... Doing, yeah, just little movies to try to build his career back up, so he wasn't a big name by all means. Yeah, I mean, people knew who he was, but he was, he had to regain a lot of the success that he had. Correct. So, when they cast Robert Downey Jr., they did an amazing job. So, Greg, let's get into a little bit about... Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Because I think, personally for me, this is one of those Marvel movies that I would say is in my top five. It's, oh. it's got to be my top five. Now, people Most will, definitely. I mean, I know it's the first, but like, I rewatched the movie actually last night, and I still love it. Like, it's, it's like, one, holy cow, was he young. I know, like I was looking, like <laughs> look at how just like sleek and pure black his hair is. Yeah, he's yeah, he's looking yeah, very very young. And so I think um, with Tony Stark's character, it was very interesting. I think actually, during one of the Comic Con um, panels, um, Robert Downey Jr. actually was saying like he liked the idea of the character of like kind of redeeming himself and like changing like who he was and like the development of the character and how he liked that and that was kind of like an almost mirroring of himself his personal story yeah yeah so i mean it was great i think robert downey jr's um presentation in that movie was very much yes i could get the very much like you're a jerk you have lots of money you do what you want you don't really you don't have to really answer to anybody or really see the consequences of your actions i mean for him though in real life he actually did well i mean he saw it in the movie but it was like the First, um, it, was, it was just that light bulb moment. It's yeah. like, wait a minute. In the first quarter of the movie, um, it was a lot of building up his character, what kind of person he was. I mean, and how it how it changed his character when he was in that hardship. You know, when he was he was captured. Yep. By by the baddies. You know, and then he had to work together with this one other inmate who ended up saving his life, and so he becomes, yeah, like a new man. He was birthed out of fire like a phoenix. It was. Um, very good how Tony's, <clears throat> I mean, Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, very fast, quick-witted thought process really came out. Like, you really got that sense of, like, he was sometimes smarter. He, he was smart to the point of his own detriment. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. And so I really like Tony's um, portrayal in that. And I think, um, like, from watching the first movie <clears throat> to even going all the way to Endgame... That underlying general personality trait of his, which was very much like quick thinking, sarcastic, not so much snide. I mean, it was in the first movie, but quick wit, wit sarcastic. A little bit of a, like a conceited outlook. Yeah. You know, like he was very arrogant. 
that you know could be a turn on to some people, but it's more just like. I think he. I think I liked how that character, that that type of person, stayed throughout. But his humility and how he he just built on top of it. Yeah, I think he, it was much better. He became more of a complex, deep character, which, which I think resonated. I think it worked out really well for a lot of people, and I think that's what made him so great as Tony Stark. Yeah, I mean, in every other aspect of the movie, it was like lightning in a bottle. It was mm -hmm. like the perfect timing. It was for him in his career, because really he had nothing to lose. No. So I think that's what allowed him to be a little bit more um, cavalier in, in his approach, and that's what Tony Stark is. He's cavalier as well. You have the great soundtrack. I think Iron Man was, it was a perfect pairing to ACDC. I loved that choice wait what it was great you know like back in black they did like thunderstruck especially in like the forthcoming movies how they would put it in the background of course oh. you have iron man like the iron man like song yeah um but i think it was really cool how they sort of continued that hard rock mm -hmm. soundtrack even in the score of the movie um you had a great director who was he's clearly talented because he's been doing a lot more projects with disney yeah. you know within the past decade off of iron man uh, the, the casting, the story, um, just the build-up, and then, you know, it just made it even better in terms of telling the full story of Tony Stark once Disney acquired Mar Marvel so they could then expand the universe and bring in more characters that Tony Stark could interact with. <clears throat> so let's um, kind of go through some of the movie here. Yeah, sure. Because uh, there's a lot that we could talk about. There is. Um, I think one of going through like the beginning parts of the movie i like how in the beginning you know tony's in that humvee yep and he's you know with the other soldiers just trying to get them to talk and laugh and all that stuff yep trying to get their minds off. i mean like this, you know. and then within like two or three minutes like like there's guns going off bombs like he gets hit by some uh like one of his own missiles that shoots like metal yep yeah like, shrapnel shrapnel metal and it yep. went into like his heart I thought, like, wow, like from the beginning, like this movie is like going for it. So I th thought that went really, really well, and I just like how. And then it, I like how it goes from that to okay, who was this guy beforehand? So they did a good job of explaining right. who this character was. They did like a little history montage of like, here's his dad, here's the kid, and how brilliant he was. And they were saying, I think in the movie it was like by 17. He graduated summa cum laude from MIT. Yep, yeah, so he was clearly a prodigy. You know, he yep. had this thing in his brain, in his blood, and I think, especially recently, that could have started the whole flashback sort of kick in TV shows and movies. I, I think they did such a great job at setting the stage mm -hmm. so you could already get behind the character. You understood, even, you know, to a non-comic book fan, like, who is this superhero? Like, is he a superhero? He just looks like a normal guy, but... Again, within those pivotal few minutes of the first movie, you're able to really get a sense of who he was yep. and like where where he got to be, you know. Moving real life. Yeah, yeah, so I think um, that was a really great scene. And then I, I really like um, his interaction with Pepper Potts. Yes. Like it's very much like I'm your boss and she listens to him, but she's like, I'm still kind of run your entire life, so you need me here. Exactly. And I just like- yeah. And there's that underlying like tension of sexual nature where like both of them have found- Why couldn't you just say romantic nature? <laughs> you had to go with a Fine, sexual... a romantic nature that both of them did find each other attractive and you know, they had to ride that line that they kept it suppressed because of course you have that professionalism going on. But of course, 
you know, it's Tony always riding on, riding her and, you know, being um, like a smart ass to her. And, yeah. and then her, like, of course, taking it back to him, you know, in like the same mentality. Like the, the chemistry of those two mm-hmm. characters, as well as the actors, it was off the charts. It was very, very well placed. Uh, and so, like, I did like that they kept Pepper Potts throughout the entire um, franchise yes. of these movies. I agree. I do think um, <laughs> the little spit that he had, Tony Stark, and I forgot the reporter's name in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but him Let's and the, just say the blonde. Yeah, those the two blonde. get into a little bit of a spit about like the ethics of his company, what he does, and all that stuff, and he pokes a jab at her be like hey the professors at your at brown university where you went to school for um you know what is that though what would you have gotten a degree in communications communications journalism journalism whatever the case was (laughs) and he's like yeah my dad helped you know stop the nazis in world war one like we did all this stuff world war two world war two and he's like we did all that stuff and he's like your professors at brown saw what we did as being the heroes so he's like going back and forth with this journalist who's right. essentially calling him out as a warmonger yeah and, and pro- like a, like a profiteer yep you know war pro- profiteering <laughs> and so that was i liked that interaction back and forth that was good and it was quick-witted too it was, it like, was very boom, quick boom, like back boom, like, boom, boom. and it, it was great though and so after that we kind of you know get a little bit of tony's history and everything like that and then we fast forward back into time where tony is now waking up in this cave. Yeah, it's completely dark, dank. He's, you know, clearly injured and there's something wrong with him. You know, there was like a a, a tube in his nose and things yeah. like that. So you're like, oh, wow, this just, this is real. This is real. And they did a really good job at exposing the grittiness of it. Like they weren't afraid, like you said, yep. to hold back with this movie. And uh, it really raised the stakes for that character that you've quickly already, um, gotten to feel like you've known him for so long yeah and i th- so when they uh kind of explained like right now he had an electromagnetic um device up in his chest keeping the strap metal out of his heart yeah just repelling it yeah and so i liked that and then he built a small version of a um what is that it's not a nuclear reactor it's a oh um Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank yeah, on the name not, now. It's not coming to me either. Sorry, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on I'm sure you guys are yelling at your screens now. It's this, it's this. I'm sorry, we can't hear you. I'm just drawing a blank. There's so much to think about with all of these movies. Yeah. So I like how we did that. And then I think the um, cell member's name is... Yinsen. Uh, Yinsen. Yinsen, that's it. I want to say... I wanted to say Yisan. <laughs> you were sort of on the right track. Yeah, but, but, but Yisan is a Magic the Card, Magic the Gathering card. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. So don't worry about it. I haven't played that. And so I really liked that um, interaction between him and the cellmate. And the cellmate's essentially saying, hey, this is what's going on. These are wh- who these people are. And they're trying to build this friendship back and forth. And then eventually these terrorists approach Tony and say, hey, the missile you just came over here and tested for the government and showed off and whatever it's called the Jericho yeah build it for us or die die. and Tony (laughs) says no so him and the cellmate or cave mate or prisoner whatever you want to call it (laughs) Yinsen they're they're working on getting this stuff together and he builds arc reactor it's an arc arc reactor there you go there it is I love the human brain 
there, still working on it in the background it, as we're talking about something else. Oh, here it is. It took a second. It took a second, folks. A hot second. A hot minute. Oh, hot, yes, hot minute. Still so, don't really know what that is. But <laughs> inside story. Yes, folks. very. And so we were talking. So when looking at that, he builds this arc reactor for himself. And then, you know, he knows that these terrorists are not going to keep him alive. They they told him like, hey, if you build this, we'll let you live. Yeah, but like the biggest thing was I think he 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 agreed to build it, but yet he was building his mini arc reactor or you know a way to escape. So he yep. was like pulling the wool over their eyes, saying, okay, fine, I'll appease you, just so you can you can give me time, give me the materials. Yeah, but I ain't gonna be making what you want. Yeah, I'm gonna be making my way to escape with my new cellmate, Jensen. So. Eventually, they just build a very crude initial mock-up of the Iron Man suit. Yes. And then Tony escapes, and then he comes back to the States. And I like how off the plane, um, Happy picks him up, who actually Happy is John Favreau, the director. Yes. And Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, Pepper Potts is there. They pick him up. They hop into the very nice, I think it's a, what was that? Is that a Rolls Royce? It looks like I it. think it's a Rolls Royce. Yeah. And so they pick him up in it, and... First thing he wants to get, coming back to civilization. He wants an American cheeseburger. American cheeseburger. And then he wants to call a press conference, and then, you know, Pepper Potts is like, no, you have to go home, you got a rat, you got to go see a doctor. He's like, no, and then he tells Happy, he's like, he's like, go, I want to go to the press conference. Cheeseburger first. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it just goes with the character, too. It's like, he sort of flies by the seat of his pants, but also, he's very proactive. And especially with his experience out in the Middle East and you know how like what he had to overcome to escape he's like this is a real threat we we really need to get on top the of other this. thing that we totally for, I for, totally forgot to mention the thing that really drove what's good what I'm about to explain next is that when he was being held up and I mean you guys have seen the movie um, it's been a while but we're just kind of going overview he saw that all these terrorists had all of the um, weapons that he had not obviously not all of them but oh, they purchased the point yeah they purchased and had their hands on all these insanely powerful advanced weapons that tony's company makes and he's realizing holy cow this is in the hands of the enemies i built these weapons to be on the in the side of the good guys and they're using it to hurt people and that's not why he wanted to build this company and so one of the things is when he comes back, he calls the press conference, and eventually what he says is like the whole um, military arms side of the company is immediately shut down, and his, you know, co advisor, advisor, maybe, you know, like he goes up in <coughs> arms and he's like inside with after watching the movie, you're like, oh no, but he's you know trying to calm Tony. He's like, you know what? He's had quite the busy or you know full last couple of months. He's not really thinking straight. So yeah, we're gonna have a discussion about it. He tries to squelch it, but Tony, you know, of but, course, his mind has been made up. Yeah, and so they're talking about all this stuff. Eventually, him and Tony are working on uh, stuff. And this, what's his name? What's the guy? What's the character's name? Obadiah Stain. Yeah, Stain is like, um, you know, Tony, you can't just shut that down. We need this. To, I mean, this is our business. We're a weapons manufacturing company. Yeah, it's what we've been doing. We don't know anything else. To yeah, do, and know? so there are things like that that happens, and what eventually happens is Tony's looking at trying to fix things in the company, and one of the things that happens is Obadiah, that, this gets revealed later, but Obadiah Stain essentially 
files an injunction against Tony to stop him from making any decisions for the company. Yep. And so while that's happening, Tony is coming up with, uh, I think it's called the Mark II, actually. Yeah, just better versions, better iterations of his little arc reactor. And for the suit. And for the suit, because he realized that this might be something that he needs to take in his own hands. Because his own company, his own advisors or people that he trusted are like sabotaging him. And saying, no, we're not gonna do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things is like he starts building the suit and the score for this movie is some of the best. I love, like, it's like- It's so just, it drives you. It drives you. It's a driver. And it's like, I just thought it was awesome. And then one of the things that I loved about this movie was the way this movie played and really dug into and this is something that, you know, if you watch the universe, um, uh, Assemble the Universe thing on Disney+, Plus, they really worked on, okay, so Tony's going to build this suit. It didn't just come out of nowhere. We have, So we have a backstory. Why did he have the suit? How does he make the suit? Um, obviously, we know Tony is a genius in a lot of areas of engineering. Yep. And so he's building the suit, coming up with mock-ups. I love the idea that he does has like a 3D rendering that his body can interact with. So like one of the yeah. things is... You can like, you know, move it and you can turn things around. Well, in one of them, there's like an arm that he's working on for the arm and he's working on it and he actually puts his hand into oh, the 3D right. graph. You're right. Uh, that is so cool. And that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie is him like trying to figure out how his suit would play with himself and yeah. that came out wrong, how it interacted with his body. There we go. Um, especially like with Jarvis, how he was helping yeah. him out. Especially that one scene with like the um, with the fire extinguisher. It's yeah. like whoa, whoa, hey, 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 hey. You know, yeah. it was just it was just really cool that 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 play. That out. comedy worked out great. It was so good, and that's still one of my favorite scenes in any Marvel movie to this day. Yeah, it's I loved all that information, like all the funniness that happens with um, Tony Stark and some of his equipment. Yeah, it's just like trial it's and so error, funny. and it's just the, it's the human trying to um, interact with the technology. Yeah, like the android or the artificial intelligence, that there is not this full connection because it's two completely different synapses or two different types of intelligences, I guess. And so I like that with doing all that, one of the things that John Favreau and Kevin Feige and all those guys were doing when they said, okay, we're going to make this Iron Man movie, specifically when it comes to the suit, because the suit is the movie. Like, right. obviously the character is it, but like, how do we make this look like it could be the real world? Oh, and they did a phenomenal job because I was getting some strong like Transformers vibes as you saw the suit like latch onto Tony yeah. and like all the little intertwining moving parts and how it became, you know, just well, that was the part whole... of himself. It was so cool. I love, I love the special effects in this movie. Well, and that's the whole thing with it. They, when they designed it, um, they had tons of artist renderings and, and right. John Favreau was saying that when he when they were doing the concept stuff before they even started shooting was that he had like tons and tons of mock-ups of all the different iron man suits throughout all the comics like different ones that like artists have made and then they found one that was very much like military grade looking like a very military grade looking suit it wasn't like a suit that was metal that somehow was like latexed onto the person it had a very functional like if this was in the military how could it be right and that's what they did so they looked at when they built it they did a lot of like 3d models of like okay if we put an actual human being in there and he moved his arm how far could his arm go without breaking in a metal suit right and like okay well how could he fall backwards 
and hit metal against his spinal cord or like, it was very much functionally how could Tony Stark a person fit in a contained metal suit that has a lot of functionality but keep his body intact and so the way they designed it was very good and that, all those intricate little moving parts that you were saying that was very much okay Tony's coming up with the idea but it has to be realistic into what obviously with some level of realism this is a movie Right. But like, how how would a genius making a suit do it for themselves? Yeah, and like all the music behind it was so cool. I loved it. My favorite to these to this day, when when Iron Man puts on the full chrome suit, that is one of the coolest scenes ever. Oh yeah, love that scene. Oh, it's dope. I remember when this movie came out, I was pumped through all of them. When whenever he was working on his suit and he put on the suit. I was like, this is freaking awesome. <laughs> I want that. Like, he yeah. just, looked, it was so awesome. Like, even to this day, I'm like, obviously, like, I know, even with the new suit from um, uh, uh, Endgame and from Infinity War, it was all nanotechnology. Right. And was it like Mark 42 or like even yeah, higher? It, yeah, it was, it was so many iterations into the future, but. Yeah, but like the original one, it was very much like, this just looks like a full, much more like not. Like the, the nanotechnology had a very much more sleek look to his body. Very sleek, yeah. Where more form fitting, yeah. You know? But the first one was very much like this looked very much like a military military tactical tactical suit. Yeah, it looked really really cool. Yeah. And so I mean that chrome one to this day is I, I absolutely love it. Absolutely love that suit. Mm -hmm. So oh, wow. sorry I got on a no. It's, it's good. That. I love it's them. good, and it's just you know a testament to just how well. Uh, they thought about, you know, it, like in pre-production, what they should do to achieve that level of realism and just overall um, mind-blowing aesthetic mm -hmm. for the suit. Because uh, to this day, like it still holds up, like it's still phenomenal. And again, it, it just goes to show why Iron Man is in our top five Marvel mm -hmm. movies. So, yes. so there was um, that whole scene. It, then eventually, what happens is. Tony hears that there's this like big gala going on that his that he put on that he wasn't even <laughs> invited to. Yeah. And then um so he goes there and that reporter is she's like back. she's back and she's like, Oh, I almost bought the whole you wanna be good and peace and all that stuff. And there were pictures of the city where hit where Tony's old cave mate, what's his name? Yinsen. In whatever his Yinsen. name is. Yinsen. Yinsen is from. Yep. And it has all the military there weapons like that Tony was trying to get rid of. Yeah, literally under siege just because yeah. these guys were. Yeah, and so Tony approaches. Um, Obadiah. Obadiah. <laughs> I got you with the names, yeah. bro. I got you with the names. You know, approaches him like, "Hey, what's going on? Are like, how do they get their hands on these? Like, we don't sell these to these people. Are you telling me that we're dealing under the table to these guys?" And then Obadiah's like, like, "Tony, Tony, here's your thing." And yeah, and essentially he's just like. Um, doesn't say yes, but doesn't say no, and then he's like, "Who yeah. filed the injunction against you? That was me." Yeah, and so that's when Tony like realizes, like, "Holy crap, my company is selling this stuff to terrorists." And just that realization, and it was like it was perfect pairing with the gala, with how they were like just so intimate with each other, and how he broke the news, like, "Hey, you know, I'm against you now," and you, you can just see it in Tony Stark's face, like he still has to put on. That facade, you know, like he's supposed to be happy. But like he doesn't party, though, like in like, that. Yeah, just, like you could tell that like that's blowing his mind. Yeah, literal mind blown. 
Yeah. And then that's when, you know, again, it pushes him forward. And I really like the whole, all the characters in certain degrees push Tony mm -hmm. constantly throughout this movie, which I think helps the pacing of not only the movie, but the character. And like the stakes just keep getting raised. Mm -hmm. You know, Pepper Potts pushes him in one way. You have Terrence Howard's portrayal of Rhodey and how he push pushes him. I still think that's a better dynamic than Terrence Howard Rhodey and Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark versus Don Cheadle's. Yeah. So. Okay. I I was more of a fan of Terrence Howard. Okay. But um, and then he seems more intimidating to Tony. Yeah, and I think it was more of just the whole black and white, the whole dichotomy thing. I don't mean. <laughs> Do not mean color, right? I'm just saying like the dichotomy, you know, night and day. I just happen to choose black and white. Not a race, not not a thing like that at all. <laughs> Whew, here we go. Okay, back on track here. <laughs> we just lost all of our viewers. <laughs> we did, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But yes, yeah, folks, if you it was if you've listened to the podcast and you you are now starting to realize why I just like I can't with this guy. Like the <laughs> amount of times that I'm just like blown away by some of the stuff that just comes out of his mouth. Yep. And he doesn't realize what he's doing. No, either. I don't. That's the worst part. You gotta think before you talk, Greg. Ah. Oh, and I was 2020. 2020. I gotta be more more aware. But anyway, yeah. It's just the dichotomy. I felt it was it was a better portrayal of what they were trying to go for. But I digress. And then of course you have Ob Obadiah Stane and how he pushes Tony into becoming the man that he's destined to be, into the superhero that he needs to be. Mm -hmm. You know, to not only um, help out his company go back onto the right tracks, but also uh, to help the world in, in, in face of, you know, evil, essentially. So, let me ask, do you... Obadiah Stane, like, so when I was watching this movie, I very much felt like, yeah, Obadiah Stane's, you know, kind of evil guy. Um, wants his own in light of all the movies that came afterwards especially infinity war and endgame yeah i think i, I very much going. felt like meh meh like i still love iron man like if you took obadiah out i still love the movie but obadiah as a villain compared to like loki thanos thanos <laughs> compared to even ronin from Guardians. yeah of the ronin who, Ronan was just a whining little kid. Oh, yeah. I hate, I hate Ronan. Um, but, like, it very much felt right because we're, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, So we're looking back on this now and saying, like, so this is where it all started. I think everything starting here was great. And I know it's not fair, um, but, like, that original villain to me was much of a lackluster villain now that I look back on it. When it first came out, I was like, oh, man, this is insane. Like, but it's not and, and that's the other great but we'll get into this later okay we'll get into this later well, let's finish a kind of like our thing about the movies yeah going yeah through. so after that we find out that obadiah actually hired these terrorists to capture tony and kill him he's the mastermind behind it all yep and uh pepper potts gets the information from obadiah's super computer. sleuthy going in you know with the flash drive yeah, and then hiding it under that newspaper like a boss. She ended up finding Ooh. out that, like, because like she did the translator on the video, or the the ransom video, and realized like they were saying like, "Hey, Obadiah, you paid us like nothing for this guy. Like, you owe us more money yep. to kill this guy. You you you're, you hired us to kill one of the 
biggest, most like illustrious like, and richest, infamous, like famous people in the entire world. Yeah. So, th so you find that out. Then Obadiah goes over there. He essentially takes the suit and gets all the specs and stuff like that. And so that kind of happens. And then fast forward a little bit. I mean, eventually Obadiah takes the arc, little arc reactor that Tony made and puts it in his suit, gets some more information drawn yes. on it. Luckily, Tony had the old one that he made. Yeah, and then Pepper actually gave back to him as like a little bit of a gift. Yes. So that was the saving grace of the movie. Like that was a really cool scene. And again, that's one that stands out for me. Just how he used that, like that technology to freeze Tony. He takes, you know, the, the um, most up-to-date version of the arc reactor. Uh, Tony's basically left for dead. Mm -hmm. But then he has that, you know, that light bulb moment. It's like, oh my gosh, there's another one down, down in the basement. And just that whole, like, will he get there in time? You know, yep. what's going to happen? That, that sucked me in. I mean, the whole movie sucked me in, but yeah. that just like cemented it for me. And then once you get to um, the fight scene between, between him and Obadiah, it was like, once again, like... Mecca versus Mecca, you it, know? It was, I mean, now I feel like it was okay. Yeah. I mean, when it came out, it was great. I mean, it it was very lackluster in light of all the, other. all the other ones. See, for me, though, I'm sort of the opposite, where I prefer those kind of villains that have human sensibilities, have human limitations. Because, like, I'm all for seeing, like, a god like Loki, you know, as the main villain and them trying to overcome that. And same with Thanos, but with with Obadiah, he is a human. You know, he ha he's relying on his wits, his uh, devious nature, everything to get ahead and to essentially, you know, take over. You know, his his um, his passion project, if you will. So I really do like those kind of villains that are grounded, um, and I think that also just lends to the more believability of the movie. Where you know, out of all of the Marvel movies, this one stands a fair chance that it could be the one that could happen like in real life you know like with like the kind of suits and the technology it's just it's pr it's pretty pretty much man versus man instead of yep. men with superpowers versus gods stuff like that yeah. but for me i really enjoyed that and even as i look over the the 10 year span of all the different movies i still prefer that kind of villain because it's again more realistic for me uh, okay i disagree with you I know you do. I disagree. With I know you. he does. Um, What's new? <laughs> I mean, we could have a whole discussion of what makes a good villain. Yeah. Oh, there it is. A new uh, podcast yes. episode. So I mean, see, we just keep adding it to the list. Uh, I think his his um, motivations were very simplistic. Hey, I just want to rule the company. Very materialistic. Very yeah, self centered, ego. -centered. Yeah, but but all, all the villains are self centered to an extent. I just think his his self-centered motivation is very minimalistic I simple see. I so see. i would say like thanos his thing is he's he's selfish about what he wants that's the point of being selfish you want what you want but his was well a level of complexity which had to do with okay well how can we make sure the universe can survive based off of how many people there are right but again, I think that was a nice stepping stone. With like the first movie of this huge chapter, mm -hmm. I think it was nice to just keep it more grounded. Grounded, and then you just keep you know upping the ante yeah. as it will. So um, let us know which kind of villain you prefer—the kind of Ob Obadiah, you know, human, a materialistic villain who's after his own gain—and then you have like the grandiose Thanos. villain that's like 
uh, interplanetary traveling, like ultimate cosmic power kind of villain. Yeah. So let us know which one you agree with. If you're Team Greg or Team Chris over well, here. Well, the mine is more of a threat, so there, it's much more intense. Yours is like Thanos literally could just like snap his fingers, which he did. Oh, not even that. Like Thanos could literally just like put his thumb on Obadiah and just crush him. He could. He could, yeah, but then Obadiah would outthink him because he's smarter. No, Thanos is much smarter. He's he's literally one of the smartest people in the Marvel universe. Except for dropping his guard and then the Avengers, you know, got the drop on him. But whatever. <laughs> we'll get to that when we talk about Endgame. Okay, so so we fast forward, like him and Tony have this fight. You know, the fight's over, Tony wins. And then eventually near the end of the movie they have a press conference and they're asking hey tony was that you was that you in the iron man suit and you know people are certain people like pepper Potts and what's roadie roadie gosh <laughs> this is simple names uh roadie or like hey keep it keep it on the dl we don't need to say anything yep just yeah. go about it and then tony's is like you know and then he's looking at his cards what he's supposed to say and then he just puts it down he's like i am iron man and, and then, then people go crazy. There's flashes of photography. There's just people talking over everybody. It was it was great. And then the music came in. Yeah. Oh, such an epic end to a phenomenal movie. But it wasn't the end. What? Because at the, what are you talking about? Yeah. Because at the end of the movie, a certain kind of fury was brought to this. Ooh. A Nick Fury, as Ooh, it were. Oh, well played, sir. Well said. So Nick Fury ended up showing up at Tony's home and talking to him and saying, oh, you think you're the only one with powers out there? And essentially, like, that was like the little, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And that's one of the things that, like, Kevin Feige, John Favreau were trying to bring that in. They were like, oh, could we bring this into a, multi a bigger universe? And they're like, well, how do we link these? They're like, well, what about Nick Fury? So they actually, so like Tony, not, not Tony, um, uh, Sam Jackson's, um, agent actually called him and said, hey, do you have any parts for Sam Jackson? And they were like, actually, we do. And Funny you should ask. So it was so interesting. What they did was to make sure that it was completely secret, which didn't end up being secret. But <laughs> they, what they tried to do was they didn't want anybody to know that he was there. So he literally was in his trailer, walked into a car that was parked, like literally at the bottom of the staircase of the trailer, drove him onto the set. Oh, wow. He walked out of the car, did the scene, and went back in. It was that hush-hush. Yeah. They didn't want Whoa. anybody to know. I, I think Whoa. the next day they found out. People wow. found out. Um, so people were like, oh, who is this Nick Fury guy? Because once again, a lot of these characters people have never heard of. True. Yeah, They're, they're more of like the C-lister and the B-lister in the Marvel Universe. Um, so Net Then. Then, yes. But now, of yep. course, they're front page news, household names, so things like that. So then people were like, oh my gosh, what is this going to mean? What's this going to mean? And then, you know, Kevin Feige was like, you know, we'd like to see this turn into a possible Avengers thing. Yeah. And people were like, what? Mind melting right there. But let's talk about the end scenes because I think that's another great addition that just Marvel and then soon Disney that added to the whole cinematic experience. Because, you know, who cares about credits, right? Who cares about sitting through that? I mean, a lot of people put their, you know, blood tears and sweat into you know making movies and they should be you know credited but um, a lot of people it's like okay done but with the the you know a little bit of a of a of a taste thrown in of their like there might be a little bit more that they could see off, off of this story or what's next they put it like at the end of the credits 
So now you have like this, with being 10 years, you know, since you have these, uh, these, this sort of classical conditioning method where people are just sitting. Yep. In movie theaters now. It's just so waiting true. for the credits scroll. But the cool thing that I noticed is that they actually made the initial credits like more artistic, mm -hmm. you know, going through like the top build cast, which I really enjoy. I really like to see that kind of style, what they're doing as, you know, the music is being overdubbed. Um, but then again, yeah, it's just like they've conditioned us. It's like there is going to be an end scene. There's going to be something stay. more. Just sit down Stay and so there. don't move. Yeah, people. just like no, no one said it's like it's like the movie's still playing out, but yet the credits are going, and I find that really interesting as like a um, like, like a social sort of experiment that just like worked. It took off. Yeah. It took it took off, and I think other other types of movies. DC have also did that. DCs have has done that as well. Yep, just playing off of that Marvel trend. But I mean, yeah, again, I just, I just find that really interesting because I'm a sucker for that too. Because mm -hmm. like I recently watched Birds of Prey. Yeah, how was it? I saw that. So for me, it was, I'd say, middle ground. Really? Um, for me, one of my favorite Hollywood actresses is Margot Robbie. Okay. I think she's phenomenal in the looks department, in the acting department, and I'm a sucker for Australians, okay? Why didn't you just start with the acting? Well, do you really when she's that beautiful? Anyway, she's an, ama she's an amazing actress as well. And so going in, I was like... She's Harley Quinn. I love Harley Quinn as a DC character. And honestly, like throughout the whole movie, it's sort of fun fact. Graded on Harley me. Quinn was not actually in the comics originally. She was created for the animated TV show. Batman the animated series. My favorite animated show. Mark Hamill? Ever. Yes. Mark Hamill, <coughs> Kevin Conroy. Oh, the best. Yeah. The best pairing. Okay. It's Marvel. Like, it's like animal crackers and apple juice, man. That's the best pairing. Back to Marvel. Yes. So anyway, um, but what I was saying with Birds of Prey, I stayed during the credits. I'm like, there's got to be an end scene. Like they, they, they've got to tease something else. And we waited throughout the whole credits. Not only like that artistic first credit, but the whole second one where it's just black and it's like the space crawl of Star Wars, you know, of, 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 all, of all the names. And finally, like you hear Harley Quinn's voice talking about something. And it's like, oh yeah, now they've they they've gotten you thinking that there's gonna be like an, an end scene or something. But okay, let me tell you something about something about Batman. He's and then it just goes dark. So it really wasn't an end scene. It was more of like, hey, ha, we got you to stay yeah. all the way to the end after the ten minutes of credits. Psych. So it was sort of a cool, like Harley Quinn sort of Joker kind of joke. So I can let that slide. But again, it's just. With any movie, I'm like, is there going to be an end scene? Should we stay? And sometimes it's like a big flapola. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, back done to with the, the movie. movie. <laughs> um, overall, what what do you what do you think about the movie, Greg? What do you think about Iron the first Iron Man movie? I mean, you can talk about in relation to all the other movies if you want. You can talk about specifically Tony Stark, whatever the case is. What do you think about this movie? In like a grand uh, scheme of things, in like the, the superhero genre, there were still a lot of things that needed to be fine-tuned because every I, super, I don't know every superhero movie before that was different, which I sort of liked. You had Superman of 1978, you had that feel, you had Tim Burton's Batman feel, you had some like 
um, B-movie superhero movies like Captain America or the Fantastic Four in the 90s that just like weren't horrible. Uh, you have the Spider-Man movies with Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire. You had the X-Men movies. You had the standalone Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. That came as... afterwards. Oh, yeah, it did. Very, very close after, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so there were still a lot of moving parts. It's like, how can you make like your own type of superhero movie and not like maybe... Um, play it off of which interestingly others. I just found this out I was doing some research on the movie yesterday to prepare for this and one of the things that I found out was that this guess what movie came out the same year this movie came out with in 2008 was it Dark Knight it was yep so you had Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight masterpiece Kevin Feige's and or John Favreau's so let's just go with directors so you have Christopher Nolan's Batman, Kevin Feige, uh, not Kevin Feige, uh, John, John Favreau's Iron Man. And when you think about it, when if you were to say, what is the DC version of Iron Man? It's Batman, in my opinion. Like you have like these big, like multi-millionaire um, Billi- men. Who, billionaires. Billionaires, yes. Who have no real superhero powers. It's more of their ingenuity, their, their in- intellect their you know their 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 well, they force had, for doing good they had almost unlimited resources too exactly yeah it's just it's just it goes with with their whole i mean both of them money. are very very brilliant men they like are. like bruce wayne is considered the best detective right yeah and like he's like engineeringly smart but i mean he also has he has lucius fox he has other people to help yeah. him with his um uh his gadgets but and then you have iron man who again it just comes naturally to him so he he brings that together but I really think like the DC version of Iron Man is Batman. Well, it's just interesting to me because when Iron Man came out, I mean, they were taught like when the the, the t- I'm gonna sound very old, like 1920s, the tabloids. The tabloids, yes. Wait, yeah, wait, read now. Yeah, when the news <laughs> came out, people were like, "Oh man, Marvel is gonna be using some B-listers and to like characters." So people were like, "I don't know who the heck is this Iron Man character. I don't know who this guy is. Whatever. Right. Who's Tony Stark?" And so, but then they got, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, which at that time she was very famous. You know, you had Robert Downey Jr. who was famous for some good and not so good reasons. (laughs) Yeah, more for his real life uh, mishaps or demeanors. (laughs) So you have things like that that came out. And so when you look at it, you look at things that happened. And then when that movie came out, people were like, oh, is it going to go well? Is it going to do well? Is it going to garner the status of what? Christopher Nolan's Batman begins is gonna do, yeah. and then people were looking forward to this new Batman, and and so like, and here's where the weird interplay came in, and I thought this was like, you, I don't think about it this much until we're actually doing the show. Now I'm actually like thinking about it. <laughs> it it's very interesting because think about it. They were taking a B-list character. The a, a comic book production company was putting their, you know, throwing their hats into the ring of. Let's try making a movie. We got this acquisition back of Iron Man. Let's do this. Okay, so you're going to use a B-list character. You're going to use some famous people. You're going to use a main actor who is like, you're kind of putting your hopes on this guy. Yep. Yep. So you have this over here, and then you're going to pit it against Christopher Nolan's Batman with Christian Bale, Michael Caine, and then Morgan it's like, Freeman. Morgan Freeman. And then it's like... And then you throw Heath Ledger in there. And that's where the other thing came in. People were like, oh, man, Christopher Nolan's Batman's so dark. It's so gritty. And then it's like, what? 
and this always happens, right? And I feel like this is going to be forever the case of the Joker. Sorry, folks, this is turning into a very different thing, but that's kind of how um, things go. That's how we roll. So one of the things is when all of a sudden it's like, is Heath Ledger ever going to be Jack Nicholson's Joker? Right, and, and and they're so diverse, they're so different. Yeah, and so you have this, so many aspects. But then this is where I feel like the diverge started happening. The okay. idea that same year you have one of the best Batman movies that ever came out, one of the most iconic uh, incarnations of the Joker ever. Yes. So you ha- people immediately said this is one of the best Batman movies ever, if not the best Batman or movie. One of the best superhero films ever. ever. I yeah, mean, like overall. Even, yeah, just even a film, it was so well done. The film was done, the acting was done, the Hans Zimmer's music was good. Oh. So you have all of that. Then it's like, here's Marvel. No idea who Iron Man is, no idea who Tony Stark is. Okay. So just getting in, into the game because Dark Knight, that was already... Um, it was tested. It was established with Batman Begins. So they're continuing a story that everybody loved. Yeah. So it's like people were like... I mean, there was still the risk of, like, can we do another Joker? Right. So there was that, but there was more solid ground to work off of. And then you have Iron Man, and then people were kind of interested to see what was going to happen with that. But then you have this dark, gritty, psychological, intense movie that was Batman. Then you had, which I feel kind of led the genre, and now people are starting to kind of somewhat dive into that, which we can get into that discussion in a second. But... Where Marvel is, it can be intense and give you the action, give you like, holy crap, like you're being held by terrorists and it's very gritty, but also very much like Tony Stark threatening his extinguisher that if he sprays him again, he's going to sell him to the, you know, the university college. Yep. Yeah. You, so you have, you have that, that difference, but it, but the interplay works. It works with that movie. And yep. I think that's what Marvel sort of established as make, like being a little bit of a different kind of movie. Like the intensity is there, but you can still have the good humor. Yeah. It doesn't have the grittiness that Marvel no. has. I mean, uh, DC has. DC and Batman. But itself. Marvel edged itself, like wedged itself into and carved a a framework in movie history of how you can do movies, how you can do heroes. And this launched that idea of like, you can have all those things and do really, really well because then DC tried it and it didn't go so well until well, because, they finally got to Wonder Woman or Aquaman. Yep, because they were clamoring to try to compete with what Disney and Marvel were already building. Like Marvel had it planned out. DC, I think, was sort of scrambling, and that's why it didn't really pick up. You know, with them with doing Suicide Squad or the, even the Justice League, that sort of fell flat on the face just because they didn't have the other like solo movies to back it up. Yeah, it, it, it propelled yep. them forward. And I think with Iron Man, what you were saying, it's it's it, it was a perfect foundation. I do not think they could have done it better for a movie on its own, yep. as well as to set up for what became like a tw- 27 movie series or arc known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to this date. So I, I mean, I think they just did it perfectly. So it was going back amazing. to your question of how I view the movie, how I feel about the movie, it is definitely like a strong nine out of 10 for me. Um, and it's again one of my favorite Marvel movies and if I were to take it out of the superhero genre it's still a great movie that I enjoy watching like yeah. at least once a year just because again just everything seemed to work for it yeah. what uh, about you top five I don't know man I think I think Robert Downey's Jr. Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of um, uh, Tony Stark I think that's what kind of solidified it for me like the suit is awesome 
But I mean, you can get technology and other things like Batman movies, right? Like you have a bunch of those cool suits and cool things. Yeah, the bat nipples but, in the Schumacher movies. But <laughs> the but the character of Tony Stark, like I just loved his personality so much. It it was funny, witty, sarcastic. I loved it so much. It was a very much a contrast from Christian Bale's Batman. Oh, for sure. Or Bruce Wayne just was like very stuck up and when he tried to be funny he just you kind of came off as a jerk yeah literally or again i think it's it's with the character where bruce wayne his true sense is batman and the mask that he put on what's bruce wayne is like that uh sort of imbecilic rich boy who yeah. only cares about like what models he's going to date or yeah. swimming in you know restaurant pools or whatever so well, to be fair tony had that too he did he did but but throughout the movie again with, with how he grew and how he layered his um his character was he wanted people to know that he's also iron man you know yep. whereas yeah. at the end of the dark knight it's all it's the complete opposite where you want batman to be separate from bruce wayne mm -hmm. which again i really do like that that difference and i think with Tony Stark, you, usually it's like, oh, you know, superheroes, alter ego, don't let anybody find out. I think with how they did it, it was, it was just really good and it, it made sense for him to tell everyone that he is mm -hmm. Iron Man, that he is, <laughs> you know, going to work as like his, his own self and as a superhero to, to help better mankind. Yeah, so overall, I thought the movie was great. I, I'm still impressed with that with this movie to, to this day. Last night when I was watching, I watched it last night just so I could get another feel of um, kind of like, what, what do I feel about it again? I still love it. It's so much. I mean, it's so good. Like when Tony flies with the suit for the first time, when he's putting all, it was just so good. Like when I saw the movie, I was like, man, I've never seen anything like this. And it's so much fun. Yeah. I loved it. It's and a good time. Music was good. It was just, I think that movie did such a good job of setting a groundwork of what kind of style they can have with these movies, which all of them kind of took from there. It's very much the, we can have fun being a superhero movie. We can still give you the intensity that you want. We can give you the action sequences, but we can give you the real people that still are like, like this is somebody you, like Tony Stark is a person you could probably see yourself meeting in real life. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think it was just really good. I think it was really, really good. Very nice. So I think we are done. That for, was a good wrap up, I'd say. I think we're done for the day. So, yeah, so. what is our uh, quote of the day? Yes. So uh, the quote, of course, comes from the movie Iron Man. Yes. And it's said by, of course, Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. You want to say it together? Uh, if we got the right one, then yes. All right, you ready? I think so. Hold on. Can I put on sunglasses? No. Fine. Ready? All right. One, two, three. I, I am Iron Man. Man. Sorry, my repulsors didn't really kick in there. It was quite the anticlimactic <laughs> exit. But anyway, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what your favorite scene in Iron Man is. We'd love to hear you. Don't forget to write us a review on any of your podcast um, you know, uh, places that you go to listen. Um, since we are on YouTube now, make sure you comment below, subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so you can get notified whenever we put up new videos so you can see our beautiful faces. <laughs> our, our intriguing faces <laughs> and, and the, uh, the, the shenanigans that we get into every day 
with this podcast. One thing, a couple things I want to mention here. Um, we are doing a giveaway here this month. We are going to post a link in the description of what we are going to be giving away. Um, we're going to send pictures out of that on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow us on all those, like Greg was saying. <clears throat> the way to be entered into the giveaway This is, is key, guys. What's that? <clears throat> if you share anything from us, whether that's on Instagram, whether that's on Twitter, whatever the case is. So it's got to, let me rephrase that. It's got to be a, sh a share of either an episode or the picture of what we're giving away with our hashtags and all that stuff. If you share that with somebody, you got to put somebody's name in there, not just tag share them. them. You got to tag them in it. If you do that, we will put you into the, the list, running. the running. Yep. So that way we will be able to figure out who we can give that to. And we'll, we'll put your name in there to have that giveaway and get that chance of getting that awesome Disney merch. Oh my gosh. And so, I will so say excited. it is going to be a part of this series for the first giveaway of Marvel, of Avengers, Iron Man, whatever the case is. It's going to be Marvel related. It's going to be themed. You're going to want to join in and be a part of it because, hey, if it's it's simple as hey, I'm just gonna share posts with you know one of my friends. Even if you do one family member each time, whatever the case is, you're going to potentially get something for free just for sharing. So and we want you guys to be a part of it. Obviously, comment, subscribe. We will try to follow up with you guys. We're coming out with the food cooking review thing <clears throat> for this channel as well. We're gonna have a lot of fun with it this year. We want you to be a part of it. Please share, subscribe. We want to give you guys stuff. Yes, we want also, to give you content. Also, keep thinking about what kind of food you want to see us try to make. Uh, so if you comment on that, uh, on any of the social medias, on YouTube or in the review section of your you know, iTunes or Spotify off this podcast, we will definitely be listening. And uh, again, that'll just add to the list of what we can do. So we're really excited. Hopefully you are too, because we want this to be a huge Disney community. And also... Of course, the only place you can get your Disney fix. One last thing. One last thing. Oh, one. Okay. We are going to be starting a Patreon account as well. So if you guys subscribe and join the Patreon account, we don't have a tier system yet. It's just subscribing any amount. I mean, like even if it's a dollar, whatever the case is, we will be giving you access to behind the scenes uh, footage. We're also going to be giving you access to if depending on we haven't really talked about it that much yet but one of the other things we're going to be doing is we're going to be putting out additional content yep. for the patreon um like one of the things we want to do is potentially talk about what we call our disney doses just small little blurbs of disney either facts trivia tips whatever the case may be that could be thrown out th throughout the week so it's not just like a friday thing with this with these podcasts yep it's more more disney addiction we want to give a ton of stuff. We want to put a ton of stuff out there as well, you guys. So yes. it was super fun. Iron Man, first movie of this franchise that we're going to be discussing. And let me tell you guys, I have thoughts on some of these movies coming up. Like Avengers. I am pumped to talk about Avengers. Yes. So excited about that. I know. Our thoughts will assemble much like the superheroes. Gosh. Okay. It's be awesome. <laughs> You guys will see how much Greg annoys me. So much. And I love it. I love every second of it. He just folks. likes getting a, a, a rye out of me. It's okay, guys. That's a Greg fact. 
right, you guys, we're going to head on out. It was a pleasure seeing you guys today. It was, well, I don't know about seeing you, but it was a pleasure being able to bring out some more content, <laughs> talk about Marvel, talk about Disney. And so, you guys, we love you guys. Make sure you follow us. And remember, this is the only place to what, Greg? To get your Disney fix. What's up? Peace. That was a Titan Cast episode.